All right. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome back, back to uh, Q and A. We are, <laughs> we are. Look at you running right we up here just in time. We, we finally learned which camera to look. I at. know where you're at. Uh, yeah. Welcome to Q and A. We're jumping right into Q and A. Uh, we're gonna throw the number up on the screen right away. In Q and A is what I say with no delay. Three six zero four four seven eight four seven four. It was just Mayday yesterday. Both of those rhymed up. I know. I. I Simpatico. Okay, so yeah, go ahead and text oh, in all of those questions. Okay, well, I learned which camera to look at, but not to turn my mic on. Oh, you'll learn. You'll get there <laughs> one of these days. There's always next on. week, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know. Okay, so yeah, go ahead and text those questions in, uh, especially about the sermon, but anything at all, and we're going to have a quick little chat about it. Uh, and I got to say right off the bat, loved it. Yeah? Yeah. You know how I usually lie to you and I say like, hey, it's pretty good. This one was like, oh, there's about five to seven minutes of where I just, I'm not this guy in church, but I want to go preach. Why preach. didn't you? Why don't you? Well, because I feel like I would have been distracting in those I, times. I, didn't I think we need a little more uh, noise. In a little the more. But, but thank you, Tugboat. Hey, anytime, Tanker. There we yeah, go. Tugboat tanker and Tanker. Tugboat. <laughs> we got to come up with a theme song. Um, yeah, just... What, the, what, the basic where'd we, message. Where'd we rip through? What oh, was right your... When we got in about, you know... Uh, give me your amen moments real quickly. Crystal ball Christians. Oh, yeah. The, the crystal ball Christians that you've come to know and love over the years. Well, and, and Ben. And Ben, exactly. Because I just realized it's so much easier to just have a feeling and say that's God than to do the work of, you know, going through his word. Yes. And checking it. And, and if there's one premise, <laughs> one thing that kept me so long on the outside of the church... It was that. The locks. That's the locks, <laughs> the restraining orders. You know. But third on the list there was. Then it was this uh, sort of behavior because it drove me crazy that everybody had a God that they were certain of. A direct line. And it was different from every other person's. And I was like, you guys aren't talking the same thing. I'm from outside and I'm looking in and going, you guys all got different gods in there. You, yeah, you can't all be hearing. Yeah. Contradictory voices. Oh, yeah. And so this idea that it, you know how you can check, you know how to keep that straight? The word. The word. This is one of the best. Um, we, it's I, a I thing had that a we... knockdown drag out years, decades ago. Uh, when I got back in my formative years where I was really looking around and, and starting to realize this. And uh, there was a gal that was real big. And I loved her. Really neat gal. Uh, and kind of a name it and claim it. And right. did not believe in praying. I think I talked about it last night, not praying if, you know, uh, but claiming these things yeah. and he, always hearing this direct, oh, I'm getting this message. And I explained to her that there's, a, there's, and I was trying to learn it myself, there's a fine line yes. between faith in God and faith in your faith. Mm -hmm, faith mm -hmm. in my ability. Preach! Faith see? in my ability to <laughs> see it and know it. And I said, because. That's that. I said that's the weak link. And I remember the big fight was, but I'm the weak link. Yeah. So it is humility. Yes. To say it's, it's so. If I'm hearing you correctly, Lord, but I absolutely believe I everything about Him. I just it. yeah. Okay. And I, okay, and I love it. And I think that you should. I, I, I like the idea of people who move forward as though something is true. But it's that be ready for the bump all the time. All the time. All the time. And be checking out what you're. If you're saying this is the Lord. Just make sure there's scripture behind it. And it's fairly mm -hmm. easy because if you just talk to your friends that are believers, yeah. if it's some wild thing, they'll say, yeah, I'm not sure that's it. And just listen. Yeah. Yep. I remember a guy years ago in the Ooh, church. What's his name? 
almost said it, not really, uh, but I thought it. Um, <laughs> but he left his wife because he's having an affair with a gal. Mm -hmm. What's her name? Okay. I don't Keep remember. <laughs> and, uh, and his wife was devastated and she's coming, they came to second service. So he shows up at first service with his alava mm -hmm. and they're not even divorced. And he's been carrying on an affair, mm -hmm. and he's introducing her to people in the church as his angel that the Lord brought him. Oh, this is my angel. The Lord brought me this guy. What an answer to prayer. Wow. And that's one of, the, one of those rare moments where church discipline happened and happened fast. It was somebody came over and said, do you know what I'm saying? And we kind of walked over and... Oh my goodness, he is. Can we have a word? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then we walked into the lobby and it was absolutely this is not what you're claiming it is, which he greatly disagreed. See, see sometimes that bump will come from your pastor. That little yeah. bump will just be like, eh, There were three pastors there. This was the- Oh, uh, the tri-bump, that's a good one. Yeah, anyway, uh, uh, he disagreed because you know he really felt it. It didn't matter that it violated 1,800 scriptures. <laughs> I know. It that's... really fulfilled what his itching ears wanted to hear and what his lust was that's what directing. You, you got to be ready. Check it against scripture and be open to it. Okay. And so we, yeah, and the end of that was we said, so here's the bottom line. If you're going to claim something that is against scripture is of the Lord, you can't come to this church. Because you're working and against it us. Very, and it's very rare that we, you know, booted someone out of the church. But that's the reason All you... All on a Sunday morning. It was yeah. so fast. But if you're ever wondering why you do, right. that's because we're not sin police. Right. Otherwise, none of us would be in the room. It's a person who, who flagrantly sins, has no plan of stopping, sees the scripture that says it's sin and says, it's not sin. Oh, and, oh, and one more step. Tells other people yeah, it is and tries to convince undermines them. Undermines what you're trying it's to do. Like, is yeah, the body. that guy's got to go. Okay. Only with love, and we said you can come back the moment you're ready to confess that that's it. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh, today's message was a fire hose of information. I like the concept Thank that you. God wants us to be willing participants in his act of transforming us. So can we be transformed without being a willing participant in God's will? Um, yes, you can be uh, moved and changed because he's the ultimate chess player. But I guarantee you won't like it. You won't like when God says, well, they're out of my will. But you know what? I need this to happen. So I guess I'll just have a car wreck. <laughs> you know, right, right. I right. need him to be in this place. I say, yeah, a hospital might work. I, I shouldn't frame God in that kind of way. But, but my point being, you, you much rather want to be working with him within his will than kind of daring him to get his will done without you. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, his sovereign will of authority will be accomplished because he's God. Right. But if you're talking about changing your heart, because... What God's always looking at is renewing our minds so we can transform our heart. You, and, and that's, I don't know if I made the point strong enough today. Maybe I oversold it. Um, your heart can't be transformed first. It can't be transformed if there's nothing, no God thoughts in your brain. Right. Otherwise, it's being transformed by that crystal ball, mm -hmm. which that's not transforming into God's image. And then your prayers are an abomination. So first, you've got to get it in your head. And then you have to test it out, mm -hmm. and then it will transform your heart. Right, right. 
That testing is the crucial, difficult thing. And the testing is the bump, bump, bump. Yeah. Well, the renewing of the mind, the bump, bump, bump. The testing is the, okay, I will. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, and doing it, like you said, with a clean hands and a pure heart. Because if you go into that word looking for some justification for the thing that you believe, you'll find it. Right. But you can't oh, do it. That the Bible's work. the scariest book ever written because it tells us it will lead us astray if we are not uh, embracing truth. What is that? Second Thessalonians chapter 2 where it says... Uh, about those who refuse to receive a love of truth. And God says, so I've, you know, given them a, a deep delusion in order to lead them to believe what is false. Yeah. You go, wait, say what, God? You did what? Doesn't that, yeah. Oh, I gave them a deep delusion to, uh, to lead them to believe what is false. Why would you do that? They don't love the truth. Yeah, but what's this deep delusion you gave them? Oh, sorry, uh, it's called the Bible. <laughs> I wrote a book that can be made to say anything your deceptive heart wants. That's how it works down here. He gave us the ability to pervert anything. Right. We can take anything. That's and the use scariest it the way thing about the Bible. To be the shalom state, that perfect created state, or we can use it the wrong way. Right. Goes, I want you to. You can have both those. I mean, just go online, look up any belief, any belief, and then type um, scriptural. Uh, what's the word meaning validation? You know, scriptural basis. Ba or, yeah. yeah. And you can type any belief and they'll have, somebody will have cobbled together a list of scripture going, do you know that the Bible actually supports this? Uh-huh. There's been some pretty nasty historical movements in yeah. the name of the quote, okay. unquote, Bible. Um, one, we have a few people asking if they can get the His Mask? Place masks, which I... Yeah, I'm come so to church. Yeah, those who can't. There's, we have some who say that they're not yet there because they're in a high-risk group or whatever. Yeah, so I'll tell you what. If you just um, send us an email or a text or a phone call, we'll take down that information and just I'll get them out it. to you. Oh, yeah. if they text here, will you get it or does it get yeah, lost? Yeah, you can text in. No, you can text into this number right here. and uh, We'll I'll, mail it to you free I'll, of charge and uh, no shipping and handling. Yeah, I'll bite that off yeah. way more than I can chew. Hopefully there'll be not a thousand of you. But if there is, I'll be happy to do it. That'd be so cool. So, yeah, go ahead and let me know. <laughs> I'm happy to offer it because he's going to do it. <laughs> That's right. Good. Okay. Um, my question would be, how do we keep our minds set on things above when there's so much that will distract? Uh, by refreshing it with the Word of God. That's the only way. And, and I don't mean just you have to read. Like, I got the Word of Promise, which is uh, Jim Caviezel is Jesus, and it's got background sound effects, and it's the entire Bible in the New King right. James. And I just have it in my car. And I, I have a, a CD player that when you shut the car off with the CD player on, it just pauses it, you know? So then yeah. when you turn it back on, it just comes on. And I just have the full set Yes, I'm still using CDs, and uh, I'm, well, I'm driving a 1990s Honda, and it's, that thankfully has a CD player. This and, is cutting edge for Bruce, though. The oh, fact yeah. that you're even doing that. Have you like... seen how shiny those are? <laughs> anyway. Uh, Lasers. I, I leave it on all the time, and I get in the car and drive, and it's just, there's the Word of God. And uh, then, of course, for those of you who know me, I also rigged up my bathroom with a little old radio, and I stick the psalms in there, so the psalms are playing when I go use the restroom. And then I love reading my Bible, and I love talking about it. Mm -hmm. And then I have to prepare messages. And so 
I have the distinct advantage of probably hearing more scripture in a given week than most humans mm -hmm. because not only am I around it in my job, but I love it so much and I just have it you've, going you've, everywhere. You've done what you said last week, which is like arrange your life around those priorities. You can find a way because at first we all make that same. You made a point something like this where you kind of like have those excuses. It doesn't work. You can't. There's a way. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm in the bathroom. That's wasted time. I can put the scriptures playing. The restrooms yeah. rest are playing the Sermon on the Mount. It's like over right. and over and over. But there's ways. You can. Uh, you said before, you know, you're mowing your lawn. Get those headphones. In, I went two weeks to Hawaii, and I had what I called the, my magic glasses. It was the Bose sunglasses yeah. uh, that are blue or whatever. Yeah, Bluetooth, and they play off a little sport clip. And I'm sitting on the beach, and nobody knows that I'm sitting there listening to the entire book of Ezekiel <laughs> right. and Jeremiah these, these and Isaiah. These are flying around, and yeah, that's anyway. awesome. Um, uh, so to answer the question, it's, it's the analogy I used about the stink that we climatize to, and you got to get a breath of fresh air, and then you go, oh my. And this next Sunday, oh, I forgot to tell people I had the archaeology point, or I didn't tell second service, did I? Oh, I got no. a great archaeology point for next Sunday. But what I'm going to look at next Sunday is uh, what do we, you know, when you realize that everything stinks, what do you do? Because there's three bad things that most believers choose one of and go with. And there's only one right one that looks like Jesus. And it's the one we, we least take. And it's the one that looks at the stink and goes, who wants a hug? <laughs> and so that actually loves this stinking world, but can hug someone and not have the stink get on them. Uh, and that's a... That's a here, a little follow-up to this. How do, we, how do we find refreshment in his word if it seems like a chore to read or listen? Uh -huh. Like, how do we make it seem exciting? Yes, like, yes. I love you, whoever you are. Because if you've heard my testimony uh, in this regard, I've talked about the fact that, you know, I was raised where you had to read your Bible 10 minutes a day. So I hated reading right. my Bible. I'm, I'm glad I got all the word in me. But by the time I got out of the house, it's like, oh, good. I'm never reading that thing again. Mm -hmm. uh, then I started working at the church. Like, well, I have to read my Bible. I'm, I'm an example. And so I forced myself to read it because I'm working at a church. <laughs> and, I, and so I would pray. I even have where I wrote down year, decades ago. Um, my, my big prayerful desires and number one. Lord, help me like reading the Bible. Yeah. And I would just say, God, I hate reading this thing. I'm talking to him. I'm not swearing. And I would literally <laughs> say, God, I hate reading this thing. Help me. And I would open it. And from my perspective, he wasn't helping. Yeah. And so this is to you, whoever asked this question. And so I would say, okay, Lord, I just have to believe there's some value in this and that you're listening. And so for three years, I can chart it. I prayed that prayer. God, I hate reading this book. Help me. I, I stopped saying, help me love it. Then it became, help me like it. And then it became, help me not hate it. You're right. Lord, help me not hate it. God, I hate reading this book. Help me not hate it. And then I would, then I would read it. Not to get a box checked off, not to make him like me, just by confessing that. It felt almost like, well, this is good for nothing then with him because I admit it, I don't even like doing it. Well, so what kept you reading it, though, in that time? Just because, duty? I, because I love him and he says we should and I know it's right. So is that what you, the advice you'd give to somebody who's stuck in that zone? Like yes. if they're saying, I, I, 
I want it, and it's uh, yes, because here's because this has a punchline, mm -hmm. and that is that. It, the, the, it's the Mr. Miyagi effect from the Karate Kid. Right, right. Three years later, I'm praying this thing and I realize, hey, I think I'm back up to like. I think I'm, you know, oh Lord, I hate this book. Help me to like it. And uh, I was reading something and without even trying, something else from somewhere else in the Bible went snap. And I went, hey, that goes with that. Where was that? And I look it up and I go, oh my goodness, look at this. And if you read those together, it says, it says it's like a, having a secret message, like a completed right. thought. And of course, there's a lot of those, that, you know, you can get books that show you the connections. Uh, any Bible that shows, you know, references, that kind of thing. But there's ones that they're so subtle, no one would have ever written them down, but they're meaningful to you in your life where you're at. Mm -hmm. And so I'm reading it. Wow, this, this feels like when I was reading this other and I go find, yeah, I was in Daniel. And these guys are talking about two different things, but for me in that moment, that comes together and makes a complete thought. And right there, I can still remember saying to the Lord, this isn't the way it works, right? Like, I'm having a paradigm shift. Right. The book isn't like a magic book that just... Right. And then I realized for three years, I, I could have done it a lot faster. I just didn't spend that much time in it. But at my rate, it took three years to get enough of it in me that, you know, receive every word I've spoken into your heart and have ears to hear. I had ears to hear. And when Jesus says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And we go, well, no, I just want a couple. And he goes, well, then you're going to hate reading the book. Right. It ain't meant to work that way. I totally. And so since then, I am so obsessively in love with God's word because for the last eight years, I've been on a mission before I die, and I don't know when that is, to try and receive every word he's spoken into my heart, to so fully know every character and their story in the Bible that it's like I've watched their, their movie. Right, right. And that, and that, as soon as you do that, the excitement will start happening. Question? Yeah, um, how, how's one word coming along? How's one word coming along? Uh, one word is my attempt to harmonize the Gospels. It's completed. It's finished. Um, but I'm going through and slowly removing all commentary by fine-tuning the scriptures with the missing Old Testament pieces that are made to fit in it. And so in that process, I went, oh, I need to know that old. How, how could I be harmonizing what Jesus spoke about if I don't really know the Bible he was using? Well, then as I went into the Old Testament to start this process, I realized it harmonizes too, and the Gospels are just a, they're training wheels to show us how. So I'm about, I'm about 1,500 pages finished with harmonizing the Old Testament, and I'm probably about half done, maybe a little more. I might be, uh, who knows, a bump of a 60%. <laughs> but the Old Testament harmonizes just like the Gospels, and now I see so does Revelation, and so do the Epistles, and it's just the whole thing harmonizes. I like to say now, the Old Testament isn't a book. It's a sealed book. It's a puzzle that makes a book. Mm -hmm. And I, and, is what? It's a Torah. 
It's a Torah. The Torah means what? Instruction. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Rule, law. Right. And right in law. the Torah, uh, Moses says, you have to carefully observe every word in the entire law and write it on uh, that white plaster surface uh, so that and so that the one who reads does not have to turn from the right to the left. And then he wrote his four books just like the Gospels. And so, so I changed, I put the, the Gospels on hold while I'm harmonizing the Old Testament because I'm now convinced that's what Jesus did. And I've got so much of it finished and I'm seeing how many pieces in it unlock other pieces like Micah. He says, well, I spoke during the reigns of this king, that king, and Hezekiah. But then in his book, he doesn't say which is for which. And the Lord said, and the Lord said, the Lord said, well, which one's the Hezekiah? Mm-hmm. I want to know which one fits in his story because I want to go plug it in. But then in Jeremiah, in one little verse, when they're about to kill Jeremiah, somebody stands up for him and says, hey, when uh, Micah of Morasheth said, and then quotes one verse out of Micah, um, during the reign of Hezekiah, Hezekiah didn't kill him. I don't think we should kill Jeremiah. And I went, oh, tell me that's in Micah. Yeah, there it is. And then you back that up to where it says, the Lord said, and it starts, and how far does it go till the next one? Oh, that's like a third of the book. Okay, that's during the reign of Hezekiah. And I'm finding those little pieces everywhere. If you're looking, they're all over. They're trying to tell you where the pieces go, but... And like I was saying... And it's just exciting. It's incredibly exciting because... And I won't be able to finish one word until I can finish one word OT. It's not just going to be one full... Maybe. I don't know what God I mean, it is one word. I mean, it was often presumptuous of you to even split it up and call it one word. (laughs) So it's on you. I'm, uh, how's that saying go? If not anything, I'm, if not, no. Yeah, that's how it goes. I'm nothing if not presumptuous. <laughs> that's right. Um, uh, I'll say one of the things is anytime that we talk about this, I am so routinely astounded, as I was when you were first discussing the harmonizing of the Gospels, how, um, how this has not been done in this way before. Uh, you, there's harmonies out there. I had harmonies. You go to school, you have to have a harmony. Yeah, the first thing they tell you to but do. But they're just showing you chronologically this book was written Ex- and that exactly. book was written. Exactly. Yeah, but what about this this verse that is word for word a perfect parallel uh, with a verse in this guy's book? And, and they'll say, well, they're writing in different times to different people in different contexts. And so you can't combine the two. And you go, I get that. On the surface, that's the Bible. That's what it is. Right. But what about the verse in Job that says, God speaks to man in one way and then another, yet no one has heard the other. Mm-hmm. Explain that one to me. Why is the scroll written on the top side and the bottom side when he sees the scroll that judges the whole world? Number. What happens in, in Revelation chapter 5? Why does John cry that no one's ever broken the seals and read the scroll? And then, uh-uh, take a look. The lamb on the throne, he broke the seal so he could read what was underneath. Mm-hmm. And everyone falls down and worships, oh, worship the lamb. He broke the seal and read what was under the... Yeah. <laughs> Isaiah says... You do know the whole vision has become like a book that is sealed. And you give it to somebody and say, read this, which is the underside, the sealed part. And he'll say, I can't. It's sealed. And then you give it to somebody else. He says, I don't know how to read, which I think is just a funny line in Isaiah. Yeah. 
Okay, well now you're starting. We okay, were, we're we, off track. We were wrapping up, and then you just, you know, anything a else? Fire. Well, we yeah, you, go. just, you just lit a little fire uh -oh. on some people. I think. Well, that's my. Uh, is it, <laughs> we gotta go. Uh, it is okay. Uh, is it okay to pull stories out of their historical context and try to apply our own? apply to our own personal lives. Like saying, I'm like David when he killed Goliath because I am facing giants. Is that okay? Yes, if you're doing it correctly. Uh, as, as long as you're understanding what the story was, that's what it's there for. Every story in that Bible is meant to help guide us so that I look at David and his faith and I go, wow, he was coming up against something that he wasn't physically equipped for. Um, but he had faith in God. And so you look at that and you go, boy, that's like me and this thing over here. Yes, absolutely. Now, if you, you kind of know the story, but you mostly know it from Sunday school and you haven't read it lately. And so you just kind of, I'm like David. Uh, <laughs> Because whatever. Uh, because you, again, I made my David the same way that you know we yeah, make my God. Yeah, you can't God. make up your own Bible story. You have to know the actual story. But that's what I'm going to do next week. That's why I have this fantastic archaeology point. Okay. Because I'm going to talk about uh, we're not the only culture of believers that was stuck in a stinking uh, <laughs> pool of. Uh, you know, what do you call it? Uh, polytheistic believers who didn't like what we had to offer. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to look at a uh, very famous, very famous, maybe the most famous group in the Bible that that happened to. And uh, there's just an amazing archaeological find that we can look at that they did something Timely. With. Yeah, they kind of keep happening. Um, they also said, uh, I've been doing the same searching with historical scriptures and books, seeing that some prophets were alive at the same time. I thought they were in the Bible in a certain order because they lived in that order. What a wonderful moment when you find yes. out. You go, no. Yeah, go to Proverbs chapter 25, and all of a sudden, Proverbs, which are written by Solomon, chapter 25 says, oh, these also are the Proverbs of Solomon, uh, but written down by the men of Hezekiah. And you go, the men of Hezekiah? Yeah, go look up uh, Hezekiah's name and you'll see that, oh, this prophet says he spoke in the time of Hezekiah and this one in the time of Hezekiah and this one, in, there's four of them. Those are the men of Hezekiah. Those are the Proverbs. Those four guys copied down and they contain the keys to help unlock what they're saying about the story of Hezekiah, which is split up in Kings and Chronicles and Isaiah. And you wonder if, because there's a conspiracy of prophets, who even knows? And they don't know even necessarily what they're doing. Okay. That's that whole line on line, thought on thought, here a little, there a little. Mm -hmm. And God says, this is the rest I've called you into, but no one will listen. So to you, it will be thought on thought, blah, 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 yeah, yeah. line on line, but to make you, you know, spin around and fall down. Yes. Um, okay. I think that that's why the Bible's written the way it is. Once you realize it's a puzzle that makes a book, then you won't be so frustrated with God. Like, can't you write a book? Man, I could make this a lot simpler. And he goes, it's not a book. It's a puzzle that makes a book. Right. You're supposed to seek me with all your heart. Now seek and knock. Proverbs chapter 1 and 2 explains it all. It, Proverbs was written to help us understand how the Bible works, how to solve the riddles. And chapter 2, wisdom says, dig for me as for treasure, and I will teach you the, the knowledge of God. Your, your catchphrase for the the puzzle box, which is true of a puzzle and true of our Bible, is make me make sense. Make me make sense. I love that. Uh, one of the hardest Proverbs to understand is in Ecclesiastes, and it's when Solomon says there's no difference between the man and the animal. All go to the same place. All go down to the dust. All have the same spirit. 
And then he ends the thought. You'll never hear that preached on in church. And then, uh, because everyone's still, ar- they are not finished arguing about what it means. And uh, then well, he that ends- doesn't stop us from preaching on it usually, though. People have a great, yeah. even if they disagree. Well, I, I, no one knows what to say about it. Uh, and so there's no difference. Man has no advantage over the animal. They have the same spirit. They go to the same place. They go in the dust. They go down on the ground. And then he ends the thought by saying, so who knows the spirit of man that goes up and the animal that goes down? You go, did you just contradict yourself completely? And he says, no. Uh, but if you go to Psalm, I think it's 45, sons of Korah, says, uh, I, will, I will turn my ear to a proverb, guess which one he turns to, and I will disclose my riddle on a harp, a let's sing. And then he explains in his, by the end of it, he explains which one goes up and who the men are that are like the animals that perish in the ground. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, spoiler alert, it's the re- rebels against God that don't <laughs> love truth, but mm-hmm. are... Uh, Building a name for themselves. Yeah, again, just... And so it's just... And, and I look at that and I go, how come all these people arguing? Why don't you just go, hey, Psalm 45 says, I'm going to pick a proverb and explain it, and then he explains that one. Why is that not the go-to and for... that's what I noticed. That's as you're doing this next, the Old Testament stuff. I am astounded at how little that has been done, where they are clearly... Everyone just wants to argue. There's the ones that people will have in the cross-references of like word for word, and this is talking about that. But there are times consistently in the prophetic books where they're describing a time, like you said, and then we can go look in Kings or Chronicles and go, that's what he's talking about. And nobody's really making that connection. How many times do they say, now in the fourth year of the reign of Azurus or whatever, and you go, you know he's in Kings and Chronicles. Right. So this is a thing that goes there. Yes. Okay, uh, we'll just sneak one more in here. Okay. Somebody said, uh, I've been reading my Bible uh, without doing a study recently, and one thing I can't figure out is what is the glory of God? Do you have any thoughts? The glory of God. It, it uh, looks like a rainbow against a dark cloud. <laughs> and there you have it. That ought to help you on your way. Isn't it to conceal a matter? Or is oh, it the... the glory of God is to conceal a yeah. matter, and it's the uh, something of kings to search it out. Um, yeah. But uh, there's a lot of different theological stances on that. My personal belief is that the glory of God is his word perfectly put together into one cohesive book. It's what he promises to do at the end when he finishes peculiar work. I will finish my peculiar work. Uh, you know, the, the one part where he says his determined end is to gather all the nations together and with one blast of my breath destroy every false doctrine mm-hmm. and give to everyone one pure language in which to call on me in perfect harmony. That's God's determined end. He's going to do it through his book. That's his work. Uh, but then there's another one where he talks about his peculiar work and when he finishes, he says, I'll finish my peculiar work. And he says, and when I do, um, every jaw, I'm combining a couple of scriptures here, every jaw will hang open for no one has ever considered what I will reveal or what I will show you. And yet, have I not declared it since the beginning? Mm-hmm. It's like, he's just rubbing it right in our face. He's going, look at it. It's all there. But God speaks in, to man one way and then another, but no one hears the other. Mm-hmm. The scroll has an underside. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I'm gonna stop you there because yeah, okay. we're, we're running, but that's yeah. good stuff. Great questions, keep those questions Well, coming. next week is fun. I'm gonna talk about my Uncle Joe's boat. We went out <laughs> looking for- Oh, we've been waiting for Uncle Joe's boat. We've been, we went out looking for big game and we found it. In Uncle Joe's boat? Uncle Joe's boat. Okay. Well, if that's not a teaser, I don't know what is. So, Ate uh, it right on the boat. Ate the big game. Ate the big game right on the boat. It was send in what you was think animals. that means. It was animals, <laughs> oh, and we oh, ate okay. them. Okay. But it all ties in with Babylon. Well, that was natural. That's what we were all thinking, right? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, then the I'll famous, be here. Because since hardly anybody's probably left watching, the uh, here's the spoiler. <laughs> now alert. let's get weird. Yeah. All right? <laughs> the uh, the uh, people that are the most like us, uh, when uh, the Lord destroyed Jerusalem and took them to Babylon for 70 years and stuck them right in the middle of what really is kind of like the United States of America. Ooh, scathing. Right in the middle. And then uh, we have different things that, uh, three bad reactions that we tend to make. And the good reaction is like the animals I ate on Uncle Joe's boat. Okay. Further teased, we are as teased as one could be. So I'll be here. Oh, next and the archaeology point. Oh my goodness. The archaeology point. I can't be over teased. If you have any more teasing, then I'll just have a heart attack. But go ahead. They found. <gasps> <laughs> they found the original entrance to Babylon that those people walked through, and the glaze on the bricks is just in pristine, and they reassembled it. And right in the entrance was the animal I ate on Uncle Joe's boat. Not really, that part's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. All right, I am sufficiently teased and uh, ready. No, in fact, oh, boy. in fact, the Jews, weren't, uh, the Jews weren't allowed to eat the animals we ate on Uncle Joe's boat. Ooh. Okay, goodbye. Bacon. Love y'all. Okay, love ya. Yes, let's do this again next week. I'll be here. You'll be here. Let's go. Thank you, Tugboat. You know it, Tanker.